Hi everyone. I'm Ashlyn. And I'm Sam. And, and this, this is, is the Cody Wample Podcast. Welcome to the second episode of Cody Wample Podcast. This episode is going to be all about Joshua Tree. So we're going to talk about the places we've been camping, um, some places we've eaten at, and the Integratron. And a bunch of stuff in the park. Uh, yeah, it's just going to be oh, a bunch of... Oh, yeah, obviously climbing, because we were in Joshua Tree and we're climbers. Uh, that's something that you can do in Joshua Tree. So before we start getting into Joshua Tree, we'll do the word of the day. And the word of the day is penultimate. Uh, the definition is the second to last, or the second to the ultimate thing. It's a pretty dandy word. I like it. <laughs> you can use it in a lot of contexts. Um, and we might just use it later on in the episode, so we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, so let's talk about where we camped. Yeah, so we, since we've been based in San Diego for the past month, we've kind of just been going out to Joshua Tree when the weather's been good. So we've gone out there about four times now, um, and the spot we camp in most frequently is the Dry Lake Bed BLM Camping. Yeah, because uh, it can be really difficult to find a camp spot in Joshua Tree. Every once in a while you'll get lucky if you go through Hidden Valley or Ryan Campground. You might run into some cool people that will offer to split the cost of their site with them if they have open space, uh, but the BLM is pretty much unlimited space it's really cool yeah it's awesome because it's totally free there's a lot of space so if you're going with a group of people you can just pretty much take up as much room as you want um but if you are going out there just be aware there aren't any facilities so there's no bathrooms no water um no benches or like fire pits or anything so just remember that yeah, nothing like that. And uh, you get there by just driving straight through the town of Joshua Tree, past po- Park, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Park, <laughs> Park Boulevard that goes up to Joshua Tree National Park. You keep driving past the hospital that will be on your right, it's and you make White Feather Hospital. White Feather Hospital. Yeah. Uh, in case you need to go there, that's a good thing to know. <laughs> I hope you don't. Um, but you make a left on Sunfair Road mm-hmm. and then a right on Sunflower Road, and that should take you to the BLM. So th- that's about it. I hope you guys enjoy the dry lake bed, as it's also commonly called. Um, next, we should talk about places that we ate. Yeah, so I think the first weekend we went to Joshua Tree, we went to the Thai food place, right? Is that- oh, yeah. So it was really crowded when we went because I think it was a, probably a Sunday night. But it was really good, especially when you've been climbing, like, all day long, and it was a little cold outside. I got a curry, which is always good, and I don't even know what you got. I don't know, some kind of noodle. No, no I you didn't. didn't get noodles! That was the... <laughs> yeah, so okay. don't get what you got. <laughs> I almost always get noodles, and the thing that I got, I thought had noodles, but it ended up being not noodly it... at all. <laughs> Wasn't it just vegetables? Yeah, which was actually really good. It was really good no matter what. Like, no matter, regardless of what I got, it was really good. Yeah, um, and I've, I've been there before, and yeah, it's always a good place to go in Joshua Tree. And I think it's it's definitely vegan-friendly. Just ask for, like, no eggs, for fried rice and pad thai, and 
no fish sauce or just say vegetarian and they won't do the fish sauce and i think yeah did they have the coconut thai iced tea they did yeah they had coconut milk thai iced tea and as soon as we said vegan they accommodated they understood what veganism was and they're like okay we got you yeah so that was awesome uh and speaking of understanding what veganism is i think it was the second weekend we went out we went to pie for the people which is the pizza place that's uh right when you come out of the park on the left and it was fantastic we got a vegan pizza which is just something that they have on the menu and uh it was really good yeah, I really liked it because normally I don't like fake meats or fake cheeses. Sometimes I do, but this pizza was just a bunch of veggies, like a vegan pesto sauce with marinara sauce and chickpeas. It was it was great, yeah. And it wasn't too expensive. It was like your average pizza place, I think. Yeah, it was pretty average, and it was yeah. a good-sized pizza. Yeah. It and, was pretty good. Yeah, and just remember, too, like, since everything is so small in Joshua Tree, like, if there's a lot of people in the park, all the restaurants are going to be crowded. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was great. It was like a 45-minute wait for our pizza, which is fine. We went to Walmart and got a movie. Don't tell people we went to Walmart. Sorry. <laughs> we went to the closest place that was open at like 9, nine. nine o'clock nine at night. Yeah. yeah. We don't typically support Walmart. <laughs> Moving on from Walmart. <laughs> uh, what I don't think else? we... Do we eat? Oh, wait. We didn't talk about Natural Sisters because we didn't eat there. But so Natural Sisters, I've pretty much gone there almost every time I've been in Joshua Tree. But I never went this time with Sam to just eat food. Um, But they have a very vegan friendly menu. They have like tofu scramble and wraps and sandwiches. But we went and we actually got a huge slice of vegan carrot cake. So... Yeah, they have vegan pies, muffins, cookies, all that good stuff. Vegan carrot cake is Ashlyn's favorite. Yes. And it was a non-Valentine's Day carrot cake, (laughs) just to clarify. (laughs) Moving on. Oh, we should definitely talk about showers, where we showered. Wait, one more thing. Coffee. Because I think that's the only other thing we, like, Coffee. Yeah, well, we went to, um, yeah, food beverage-wise, we went to the Joshua Tree Coffee Roaster, uh, I didn't get beans, although I have gotten beans from them in the past. But we got Nitro Cold Brew, which was dank. It was super good. Normally, I don't like, I don't drink a lot of coffee because it's pretty acidic and I get jittery. But this coffee was like low acidity. And since it was nitro, it was already like creamy and frothy. So yeah, it was super good. Yeah, it tastes like you already put oat milk in it. It was really, really good. Uh, okay, so now showers. Uh, if you go to the Joshua Tree gift store, I don't know what to call that. It's like an outpost. Yeah. What's what's the actual I, name of I it? I think it's called the Joshua Tree gift store. It's something. I, it's something along those lines. But it's hard to miss because it's like right on your way into the park. Yeah. And like as soon as you turn onto Park Boulevard, it's right on the corner. Yeah, it's right on the left. It's right across from Nomad Ventures. If you're Oh, in the visitor center. And the visitor center, yeah. But it's uh five dollars for seven and a half minutes. The water's piping hot. Scalding. Scalding. It's actually kinda <laughs> hard to make it colder, we found out. But it, yeah, it was great. Clean bathrooms, great shower, uh felt really good. 
Yeah. Wait, did we say it was five? Yeah, you did say yeah. it was five. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, five, I repeat, five dollars for seven and a half and minutes. And you can share a shower stall, so you can be very efficient with your water usage. That's right, you can. They let you share a shower stall with two people at least, is what we know. <laughs> <laughs> that may be the max, it might be the minimum, we don't know. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Um, so we're clean now. We did yeah. that today. Yeah, we took showers today. It feels pretty good. Your mom would be happy about that. Yeah, shout out to Karen. <laughs> we are clean. <laughs> um, what else did we need to cover in Joshua Tree? Uh, as far as amenities, I feel like that pretty much covers it. If you need to get basic groceries and stuff, there is a health foods store that's right next to the Natural Sisters, uh, which has a lot of good groceries i mean it's small yeah it's, it's really small there's but a lot of good organic vegan stuff yeah i would say it's moderately priced yeah they actually have a really really unexpectedly a good wine selection and for those of you that don't know ashley and i used to live in the redwood forest in arcada and they have an organic winery uh, wine there. Actually, they have three different... <laughs> organic winery <laughs> Organic winery wine. Um, yeah, they have the Syrah, the Merlot, and the Zinfandel from... I don't remember the name of the winery, but it's an... Pacific or- Redwood, I think. Pacific Redwood? Probably not. I don't but, know. Something like that. But good wine there, for sure. This is our second podcast, so bear with us. <laughs> uh, so, I guess move Climbing. on to the park. Yeah, the park. Climbing. So... We had our good days and bad days. Yeah, yeah, so just a disclaimer, Joshua Tree is really, really difficult for climbing. Can you explain why? Yeah, so to kind of give a little bit of background to Joshua Tree climbing, it's a, it's definitely a classic area of climbing where climbs were established a long time ago and people were saying oh, this is the hardest thing I've ever climbed, so it must be a V4 instead of a V3. So you have really uh, very technical, difficult rock climbs uh, that might be rated V4, but it really feels like a V7 or a V8. It's just a really interesting place to climb. Um, There's certain climbs that are a little bit more notorious for things like that, uh, such as Fry Problem being a really hard V2, Pig pen being a really hard V4, um, stem gem being a hard V4. Although I'm really excited to say that I managed to send stem gem. Uh, I tried it maybe two years ago and was never able to get off the ground, and it went really quickly this year. So I was really excited to finally do a very classic Joshua Tree V4. But the real highlights for my climbing in Joshua Tree over the past uh, four trips was sending Nicole Overhang V6, Strawberry Contraceptives V7, Thin Lizzy V8, and I sent my first V9, which was Tidal Wave. Uh, All of them were really, really fun, and it was super, super cool to get on all of them. Yeah, I (laughs) was not nearly as successful But I guess there's a lot of lessons to be learned for me climbing out in Joshua Tree because I guess like when I got to Joshua Tree, I had expectations and then all of a sudden I feel like I'm just, you know, a V0 climber, which is fine. But Joshua Tree is really humbling because of the grades and it makes you, I guess, 
really try to not focus on grades and just try to focus on finding cool movement and having fun. So there were a couple days where I felt grumpy and frustrated, but there was some cool climbs I got on. Like, what did I get on? Pinhead. That was cool. Yeah, you did Pinhead, which yeah. is a V1. So I don't think you can see it, say that you're a Joshua Tree V0 climber. Well, I mean, I feel Remember, like you did that. send a V3 that just happened to be your style. Yeah, but so, that one doesn't even have a name, so you can even tell people what that is. Let's name it. What I don't do you, know. What do you want to name it? I don't it? know. Cotty Womp? Cotty Womp? That goes, <laughs> <laughs> that goes for sure. So there's an unnamed... Wait, no, it is named now. Cotty Womp V3. Go yeah, find it. <laughs> go find it. It's cool. Um, yeah, and I was also... I've been coming back from an injury, so like on top of being humbled by Joshua Tree's rock... Um, just coming back from an injury is obviously really difficult. I broke my elbow. It's been three months now, so I feel like I'm finally getting back into it. Um, but what else did I hop on? Like, that has a name. <laughs> um, the Traverse. That one's the, fine. I didn't send it, though. Which? Oh, yeah, that V3 Traverse. That, is it False uh, Waco Traverse? Oh, oh yeah, False Waco Traverse. Another really difficult classic Joshua Tree climb. Yeah, that one's fun, though, if you like traversing and heel hooking. Um, I'd recommend that to people. Yeah. Uh, weenie Roast. <laughs> oh, yeah, Weenie Roast left. That was a V2. See, all these climbs that we're naming were not V0s. <laughs> I know, but the funny thing is, though, I don't even think I did one that was a V0. I just, like, felt super shut down, I guess. <laughs> That's really funny, because, yeah, I can't think of any V0s that you did, but you did quite a few V1s. And then, Did I though? I don't even remember. Yeah, because there was the fetal minaret, the one over by Chili Sauce. Oh, there. That's a climb I got that... shut down on. <laughs> chili Sauce. Really, really hard. Yeah, I liked um, that V1 I did. That yeah, one that was fun. That was pretty cool. Oh, the my favorite warm-up, or maybe not even a warm-up, it's just like fun to hop on no matter like what grade you're climbing uh dragon scales yeah that one's super cool and you can make a bunch of climbs out of that wall because how would you describe that like texture of rock so it's a lot of patina that had water run over it for thousands and thousands of years creating all these different plates that look like scales almost uh but you can climb it uh with your hands pulling down pulling left and right uh, Gastoning, you can finger lock in between the plates. It's a lot of fun. And then there's also a V1 that goes up the left, or it could be a V0. I think it is a 1. Though, yeah, it's a V1. Illicit Sweetie? Yeah, Illicit Sweetie. Yeah, that so that's fun too. Yeah, that one's pretty cool. And um, that's just on the left of that boulder. But Dragon Scales is really cool. Uh, and earlier I mentioned Nicole Overhang and Strawberry Contraceptives. And those are both right next to Dragon Scales. So if you're looking for a fun place to warm up, uh, it's a great spot. And that's in the Planet X area, by the way. What was that V3 I was working on? Was that unnamed as well, the balancey one? I think so. I'm not entirely sure. That one sure. was like, I don't know, that one felt so cool to me. I feel like it should have had a name, but... Yeah, it's uh, so the V3 that she's talking about is if you're looking at dragon scales it's behind you to the left uh and, and it is really neat if you have a bouldering guidebook it'll be easy to find but i really liked it because normally i don't really like 
super muscly strong climbs where there's a lot of like I don't know Oh, I thought the computer died. Shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Uh, but this one's fun because it's super balancey, and you really have to pay attention to your breath, like, as you're moving, like, yoga. So, yeah, it was cool to just have a different style of movement that you don't find super commonly in climbing. I mean, you do, but this one was, like, you have to be able to balance and open your hips. So, Definitely. it was fun. I think a cool way of describing it is also... It, it's very much mirrored to the reason why I love stem gem is because yeah. in rock climbing most of the time you're pulling but on these climbs uh, you're pushing on stem gem you almost never pull at all so uh, it, it makes for a really unique rock climbing experience uh, and then besides that um, yeah definitely so <laughs> If you have a Joshua Tree guidebook, it might mention something called the Chasm of Doom. And what the Chasm of Doom is, is a tunnel, kind of? Tunnel rock scramble. Yeah, yeah, so if you go to the real Hidden Valley, which is not Hidden Valley Campground, but right across the road from Intersection Rock, there's a place called the real Hidden Valley. And... If you walk towards a climb called Saturday Night Live and then go up to the right, there's a really cool adventure you can go on. It's uh, just an adventure. Yeah, I, I feel like I don't want to describe too much of it just because I want people to be surprised and alarmed. Yeah, surprised. Not, not, not alarmed. That's, that's pretty dramatic. But, it's yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's cool. You can do it. Um... Yeah, it normally takes an hour, but if you go with a lot of people, super slow people, <laughs> it can take a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, it's if you want full value, go on a night that has some moonlight uh, and go without a headlamp. Uh, when you go inside, it'll be pitch black and let your eyes adjust and just try not to use a headlamp. Oh, and. If you, there's a, like a little alcove you first walk into. Did I say that word right? Alcove. Yeah. Yeah. So when it first starts getting dark and you start going inward, there's a spot you're supposed to sit down and drink a beer. And yeah. Yeah. And your eyes will adjust hopefully by the time you're done with your beer. Yeah. And then uh, just keep going back and watch your head and watch your stuff i wouldn't bring anything very valuable because if you lose it you lost it <laughs> yeah don't don't bring a backpack and if you can help it because that just will get in the way probably oh yeah some tight places yeah there's quite a few situations where if you have a backpack you're not getting through with that backpack on your back yeah cool uh and besides that there's another really interesting thing kind of hidden in Joshua Tree out in the outback. Oh, yeah. If you go towards a climb that I mentioned earlier called Tidal Wave, just behind it, there's something called the Iron Door. And this thing is kind of... Uh, it's disturbing. Yeah. has a very, like, malicious energy about it. It's uh, basically an iron door that was installed into a rock uh, that only locks from the outside. Yeah, and so there's no really, 
There's no <laughs> <laughs> There's no real explanation for why it's there, but there's a lot of people who speculate about it. Um, Lots one, of rumors. Yeah, one theory is that a rancher who lived out there had a deranged son um, who he didn't want people to see or didn't want to deal with, so he locked his son in the, the door cave. Yeah, yeah, in the cave. It's... Uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of other speculations about it, that it I mean, was a jail and stuff. Yeah, I think but that would make sense, like, for miners, because yeah. there was mining in the area, so maybe a jail cell, but it's yeah. pretty it's pretty gnarly. Um, but yeah, if you have, again, if you have the bouldering guidebook, does it say where the iron door is? It does. It cool. does say where the iron door is. There's also an iron door slab, too, which climbs that boulder. I've never really gotten on it because honestly, the iron door has some really uncomfortable energy about it. When you go to it, you'll just kind of feel the uncomfy feelings. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you are going to Joshua Tree right now, uh, you can't go to that area because it's closed to falcon nesting. Yeah, right? falcon nesting. Yeah. So, yeah, just be mindful of that and pay attention um, to any signs up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, always respect the park, you know, we're doing the best we can as humans to respect our planet, so let's just, you know, obey signs and be good, good camp goers, good national park goers. <laughs> yeah, um, is there anything else we want to talk about in the park? Oh, I like the hike I went on by myself. Oh, go ahead, talk yeah, about that. Yeah, um, I actually only went on one hike, well, one actual hike, I did a lot of scrambling and climbing but uh the barker dam hike is really cool it's really short um it's flat too so if you have any injuries or whatsoever it's easy to do um but it's about like a mile and a half i think and it goes to a dam which is pretty crazy to see like in the middle of a desert but it was for cattle ranchers for other cattle and it's it's a cool little oasis because a lot of like wildlife will flock there um and I guess you can see the bighorn rams as well sometimes because they like to hang out there. But yeah, I recommend that hike if you're in that area. What area is that? That is the Parker Dam area. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Self-explanatory. If you're in that, if you're in that area and you're trying to go climb as well, uh, that's also where the Gunsmoke Traverse is, which is a 75-foot uh, V3 traverse. There's also the Tube, which is a semi-highball v2 and streetcar named desire which I'm you should not do <laughs> no <laughs> it's another climb that is a v6 but feels much harder than that uh it shut me down real hard the beta for that is you start from the ground and then you levitate to the top <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know if you have any harry potter fans out there but have someone behind you with some Leviosa going on. <laughs> it's it's pretty tricky. Definitely need to trust your rubber on that one. <laughs> so moving on. Yeah, uh, I think that wraps up the actual park. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. That wraps up uh, Joshua Tree National Park, but Joshua Tree itself has some really, really interesting things about it. Uh, we're going to cover two right now, which are the Integratron and the Giant Rock, which are actually connected. But wait, is it just called Giant Rock? Because <laughs> I just wrote that down. 
I'm pretty sure it's just giant rock. Okay. Uh, That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. So we'll start out with the Integratron. Um, you've probably heard of it. Uh, if not. Or probably not. I know. <laughs> I feel like, well, okay, if you've gone to Joshua Tree, I feel like you would hear of it. But I don't know. We're just weird. We know weird things, I guess. It but, is an odd thing, but let's describe the yeah, odd thing. Okay, so the Integratron is a 38-foot tall, white, shining dome. Um, it really stands out in the desert, and I believe it's built out of wood. Yeah, it's actually really important to note because of what it is, which we will get to, that it's constructed out of non-electromagnetic or ferromagnetic materials. So there's Wait, no... can you explain ferromagnetic? There's no iron, there's no okay. steel, there's nothing like that in the in- on the Integratron. It was constructed completely out of wood and glass, and it is a perfectly acoustic wooden dome, which is pretty interesting. And you were saying that musicians go there, right? Yeah, so today it can be used, uh, a lot of people will go to have sound baths there, or musicians will go to play guitar in the center of it, because it's just a phenomenal acoustic environment. Yeah, and if you want to visit it, you can either, we just stopped by the outside because we really wanted to see it, Um, but you can actually schedule a sound bath. Um, and you can just look that up online. It's pretty easy to book, but it is a little pricey, but I've heard it's definitely worth it. Yeah, especially because of the intention that was put into this place, which we're uh, going to get into now. Um, You want to take it away? Yeah, I just wanted to say also, um, it's a little bit outside of Joshua Tree. It's actually in Landers, California, which is about 20 miles from the park. So I would say probably 10 miles from the town of Joshua Tree. Yeah. Um, really quick before we yeah. get into this, this is not going to be a conspiracy theory podcast, but it does get a little bit out there so right now. So we, sh- we should say, like, what we're going to talk about now is going to be all factual and then, or like, accounts from people in that time period, and then we'll kind of speculate afterwards with our own opinion. Definitely. That's a great way to go about it. Yeah. Okay. So the dome was built by George Van Tassel, um, and he was an aeronautical engineer and test pilot, and his family also owned or worked on an airport and also had a cafe. And so he, George Van Tassel was also the leader in the UFO movement. And that's where he claimed he got the idea, was from uh, UFOs or aliens that came from the planet Venus. And they gave him the blueprints to build this thing called the Integratron. And that comes from the primary source of Mr. George Van Tassel himself. And he ended up constructing this 80, or sorry, 83, 38 foot tall white dome um, that he claimed had a rejuvenating frequency or a frequency that could recharge the cells of the human body as well as um what it was like space travel and yeah so he also said the purpose for building the dome was um anti-gravity purposes and um time travel as well um and just two more notes on what sam just said just to give you kind of like an idea of the timeline um, so he claimed in 1953 
that's when the aliens visited him. And apparently they were the ones who had the the formula for rejuvenating living cell tissues. So that's where he got his his special formula. Okay. Yeah. And after 18 years of construction, the Integratron was erected. And a couple weeks before he was supposed to unveil the Integratron to the public, he died of a heart attack. Oh, I thought it was suicide. No, he died of a heart attack. I looked it up before we made really? this podcast. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but air quote heart attack. This is where the kind of conspiracy <laughs> theory comes in because after his death, um, the FBI or some kind of government agency came in and confiscated everything out of the Integratron. Um, and that's those are all facts. What happened with all that stuff, we have no idea. But for right now, let's still stick to the facts and let's talk about the giant rock. Wait, question before we move on. Okay. Did, I thought before he died in a hotel... Where did where was his place of death? That's right. Okay, so remember they lived. George Van Tassel and his family lived in Landers, but he was found dead in Twenty Nine Palms, which is pretty far. Wouldn't that be like two hour and a half? No, not an hour and a half. Like a half hour. No. No, actually more like forty five minutes. Forty five minutes. Yeah. But it's still like you know he was supposed to unveil this thing to the public, and he would just was dead of a heart attack elsewhere again not a conspiracy theory podcast but it's just kind of weird yeah um but let's talk about the giant rock now because that's also pretty interesting that's also pretty strange so uh george van tassel had a friend who um had like excavated the underneath of this giant rock which is apparently seven stories tall but we went and checked it out and it didn't seem that tall but it was a big rock yeah, hardly even a highball. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, it's a pretty big rock. Apparently, it used to be the biggest rock freestanding boulder in the world uh, until it broke, and this big flake broke off. Um, so it's the second largest? I don't know. It, maybe it's not even the third largest anymore. Who knows? Now it's just a rock. It's just a rock, but it's a big rock. Um, And so another kind of conspiracy theory um, about this rock. So George's friend, Frank, the one who excavated the underneath to build a home under the rock, he was living underneath this rock and Frank died of a dynamite explosion, which is also kind of a mystery because no one really knows, like, why would dynamite go off underneath a rock in someone's home? So, Unexpectedly. Yeah, super strange as well. But anyway, so after he passed away, the Van Tassel family actually moved to the giant rock. So they would ha- they stored all of their stuff in the rooms underneath the giant rock, and then they would sleep outside. Um, and I believe the underneath of the giant rock is 400 square feet. Does that sound right? I think that's yeah. what I saw. Um, so, I mean, we saw photos of it, and you can look it up, but it looks pretty cozy. Like, yeah. It looks nice. Yeah, you can look it up on the internet, and apparently it's really well insulated. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Yeah. yeah, nice home. Yeah, it'd probably go for like three quarters of a million in SoCal now. <laughs> probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so for 25 years, this is where George Van Tassel held the spacecraft conventions, and this is where he gave lectures on UFOs and alien encounters, and it was really popular. Like, I think one time there's 11,000 people out there. 
yeah. for one talk. So that's actually how he funded building the Integratron, just those lectures. Yeah. Uh, and if you do plan on going out and seeing these things, the giant rock is really close to the Integratron. So if you go to one, you should go to the other just to kind of get an idea of what we're talking about. It really is some out there stuff. Like, you see a lot of out there stuff in Joshua Tree, but this is about as out there as out there gets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely recommend going and seeing it, doing some yoga outside it. Yeah, it's that's nice. what we did. Um, yeah, it was just cool to look at um, and just kind of see how random it was for this uh, structure to be built kind of in the middle of nowhere. And I imagine it was even more in the middle of nowhere in the 1950s. So super interesting. Yeah. So now on to kind of the conspiracy side of it. It's just, I guess, my opinion of it. And Ashlyn might disagree with me, but I think it's just really... Uh, I don't really like to think of coincidence very often. I just think it's really weird that he was building this thing, had all these claims. Uh, he died unexpectedly, nowhere near his house, which was really close to his project. And then everything inside was confiscated. I don't know if he was actually on to something or maybe even did something unthinkable. Uh, but there's just a lot of unanswered questions about the Integratron. And when you go to it, it's definitely a building that evokes a lot of questions, so it's, yeah. it's funky. Yeah, I mean, I think when you hear of, like, the FBI raiding and taking something, you have to wonder, like, what was that? I mean, maybe he was onto something about, like, life on another planet. I don't know if I necessarily believe there were aliens from planet Venus that told him about rejuvenating cell eh, cells, but I think there might have been something he was onto, or maybe he was doing something shady. Yeah, maybe he was a drug kingpin in <laughs> Joshua Tree. Maybe, yeah, who knows? <laughs> but regardless, um, yeah, everything was taken. One one idea that I had a little while ago is that a lot of the computers in there were worth a lot of money. You know, oh. there was a lot of copper wiring and stuff like that. So maybe it wasn't the FBI. Maybe it was just people that heard he died, because that's just what the news said. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, we don't really know who exactly yeah. went and took all the stuff. Maybe it was the men in black. Yeah. Maybe it was the aliens from Venus, and they're like, dude, you're messing up. We're going to take your stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I feel like there's not enough explanation for what happened. I would love to, like, hear from his wife or his children, you know, like, what, you know, if they published an article or had an interview, but... Yeah, by the way, his daughters, uh, last I checked, they still own the Integratron, and they're the ones who run the sound baths and stuff. So uh, if you're listening and you have more information on the Integratron, or you've gone to the Integratron and taken a sound bath or something, please hit us up, let us know what you have. We're really just interested in more, knowing more about it. Yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, and that was the penultimate thing of this episode. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Got to you, use that I word. Hope you caught that. Um, <laughs> so uh, I guess to end, we're gonna do rosebud thorn. Are we on to that? Yeah, rosebud okay. thorn. So you go first because I went first last time. Ah. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. Put me on the spot. I think my rose would be doing a lot of climbs that a while ago sending a lot of climbs that a while ago I thought I would never be able to 
to actually do. Uh, so it felt really good to go and finish projects from years prior as well as uh, put down some even harder climbs. So that was a lot of fun and it was really cool to go and experience Joshua Tree uh, in a van. And then I think my thorn right now would be my fingertips really hurt. <laughs> So Joshua Tree granite for you. Yeah, Joshua Tree granite is sharp. It's an especially sharp granite. Um, it'll tear you up. You're close too. Uh, so that's a good piece of information. So I think my thorn might be just that I'm pretty sore right now. Um, and I think my bud would be uh, just kind of practicing patience and maybe not running myself into the ground as much. Because... Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it makes for really brutal rest days. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So, I think my rose... It was really cool to see Sam send two really difficult projects because he had been working on them the past few times that we were in Joshua Tree and he got them right away. Um, and just being out in Joshua Tree is a really special place. And so being able to spend, like, four weekends there is pretty pretty lucky um and let's see my bud is okay my first my thorn would be just feeling frustrated and feeling like I'm getting shut down on a lot of stuff because I was um and yeah I just I want to feel like I'm having fun and growing as a climber and I wasn't feeling that so much but that kind of brings me to my bud is I'm really excited to come back to Joshua Tree when I'm a stronger climber and I can it'll be super cool to go back to climbs that is getting shut down on and be able to send them so I'm really looking forward to that nice yeah um, that's a good bud yeah uh, also we didn't say this in our last episode but you if you're listening to this you should follow us on Instagram we are the Cotty Womple couple uh, yeah, and if you have any comments or questions or you want to say something about the Integratron, you can message us there. Yeah. Yeah, you can message us there. And if you are going to Joshua Tree, just kind of to extend on what Ashlyn said, if you are going to go to Joshua Tree to climb, uh, you know, leave the ego at home. Yeah. It's, it's hard out there. It's a very interesting style of climbing. Uh, it's pretty painful rock. It's definitely worth it. It's a lot of fun, but you know, just enjoy being outside. Um, yeah, if you if you're there to chase grades, you're not gonna have a good time. That's for but sure. It, it might be good for you though. You know, if you're a grade chaser, but you'll probably have a hurt ego when you leave. So good, good and bad. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but enjoy it. it. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah, and stay tuned for our next episode. I think it's going to be on Red Rocks in Nevada. Uh, well, we still need to do Bishop, but too. But we should post the Bishop one before this. Oh, that's right. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.